not the not the dancing, you know, maneuvers, but um, but it's it's a song called Cinderella by Stephen Curtis Chapman, and I'll point out when I get to the part that this is just an expert excerpt of it, but part that really resonates with me. He's talking about his his little girl, and he's sitting there, and and uh, she's reaching out to him, and it says she spins as she sways to whatever song plays, without a care in the world. And I'm sitting here wearing the weight of the world on my shoulders. It's been a long day and there's still work to do. She's pulling at me saying, Dad, I need you. There's a ball at the castle and I've been invited and I need to practice my dancing. Oh, please, Daddy, please. And the part of that I want to focus on is where he says the weight of the world on my shoulders. And the title of my message tonight is the weight of the world Whose standards are you trying to live up to? So before we get into the word, let's um, go ahead and pray and then we'll, we'll get into the teaching. Father, thank you that um, you have uh, revealed some things to me, Lord, to share with my brothers and sisters in Christ tonight. Thank you for the worship time tonight, just leading up to this and just um, that we can come here, Lord, and we can... Um, can lay cast our cares on you because you care for us lord and and um, just speak to us through your word tonight i just pray that it would be your words that stir in the hearts of the people here through the working of your holy spirit in jesus name i pray amen so we're going to go through a, a few different passages but we'll start out in first uh, john chapter 3 verse 20 through 23 um, does anybody need a bible I can have somebody get up and get you one. I think we're good. Okay. Um, I'll give you a little time to get there. So this passage may seem a little familiar to you because um, Tom taught on this as he's going through First John. And when he did teach on this, the Holy Spirit really spoke to me about what I'd been going through. And, and so I want to share that with you guys. So... In 1 John 3, For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. So I think that this thing about if our hearts condemn us um, makes me think of uh, if you've ever known anybody or I can say I've been this person before who's kind of like a self-condemning Christian that's bummed out all the time, just kind of like, oh, I'm really not living up to what I should be doing and I'm, you know, really just kind of overwhelmed and, you know, and, and, and so why, why do we get that way? Where does that attitude come from? And one thing that I realized was that attitude comes from either trying to live up to a man-made standard that's been imposed on me or trying to live up to my own self-made standard that I've imposed on myself. Um, and so I'm going to 
talk about those things for me personally just a little bit. And it may not apply exactly like this to you, but I think we've all kind of had situations like this. So self or I mean, I'm sorry, man-made standards that have been imposed upon um, me for me is is work, um, you know, and and I love what I do. I'm a family doctor and I love what I do. But man, some days it just gets wearisome and you just kind of want to um, not take your work home with you, you know, not be going in the next day just feeling like you're already behind and you've got to get caught up and always trying to get caught up kind of as a funny little thing. My wife makes the analogy of laundry and we live in a house with nine children, so there's a lot of laundry. Um, but even if you only have, you know, even if you're the only person in your house, laundry is still one of those things that no matter how much you do it, it's still, there's still more to do and you can never fully get caught up on it. And, uh, so that's, that's kind of, you know, when you're working as a doctor, that's kind of what you feel like. And, um, so along those lines, I think it's important to realize that that uh, God has not made us computers. <laughs> you know, he, he gives us feelings. And, um, you know, I have a, uh, um, I used to have, well, I currently have somebody who works with me that um, is called a scribe. So you've probably seen this if you've been to a doctor or ER or heard about it. Um, but basically this person's job is to do things on the computer, either making notes or placing orders or things so that the doctor has time to interact with the patient. And that person's role is to follow the doctor around and do these things. And the one that I used to work with, she one time, we walked out of a room and I was like, okay, we're going on to see the next person. And she goes, Dr. Presley, I'm not a computer. <laughs> she was just so overwhelmed. And I think sometimes... You know, we feel that way in our lives. We feel like we're just from one thing to the next to the next problem solving this then going on to this. Then, you know, what about this? And I'm so behind and I have to check my email and I have to look at my, you know, Facebook. That's kind of more of a leisure thing, but sometimes, you know, whatever. Um, but so we get, we get this overwhelmed feeling and we start treating ourselves like we're just a computer. Then also... Um, we can, we can make things harder on ourselves too. And I've been guilty of this. Um, being a perfectionist is not necessarily a good thing, you know? Um, and I've struggled with this in my life, um, of trying to get things just right. And I think that I have had to learn to accept, to be okay with good enough because sometimes, being a perfectionist trying to get things just right has led me to put off things, to procrastinate. Oh, I can't get it just right right now, so I'm going to have to wait and do it later. Or to worry a lot. And the Bible has a lot to say about worry. And each day has enough worry of its own and things like this. So starting there, we look at Whose standards am I trying to live up to? Am I trying to live up to standards that the world has put on me to be this, you know, production person that's always doing more and more and more and 
um, you know, staying up with everything or is it something I put on myself to get it just right? You know, um, um, or the third thing would be, am I trying to live up to God's standard? And I think you have to ask the question, what does God want from me? And he answers that here. Um, he answers that in the scripture that we just looked at. So if we'll look back at that again, he says, um, at the very end, and this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. So really, God's standard, what he wants from me, I think first you have to realize that we, we can't live up to God's standards. I mean, it's perfection, holiness, um, that we have to realize that we are totally dependent on him um, and that that we don't have to try to impress him, um, that we just need to follow him. But what does that mean? What does he want from us? Um, number one is to believe. And it's easy to say, yeah, I believe in Jesus or I believe in God. But the word believe actually means to commit to, to adhere to, to rely on, to trust in. So we're not talking about an intellectual believing in the existence of God or an emotional experience of, you know, I I believe because, you know, I have this feel good experience or something. We're talking about a personal commitment to the living, breathing, you know, God that we're actually it's an action word. Believing is is something we put into action so I think it's good for us to ask, and I've been asking myself, you know, have I been committing to Christ? Have I been relying on him, trusting in him, um, and living that way? And I think that leads that leads us to my next passage um, that I want us to look at is Colossians 3, verses 1 through 4. I'll give you a second to get there. I'm actually going to read this from the New Living Translation. I like the way that that it it reads um, with that. This passage has always been one of my favorites because, um, well, I'll explain why when I read it. But Colossians 3, 1 through 4. Since you have been raised to a new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits at in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. I really, really like the phrase, when Christ, who is your life. Um, that has always resonated with me because it really is when you become a Christian, you give your life to Jesus Christ. He becomes your life and it becomes an impact on everything that you do. Um, and so I think going back to, to believe in Christ is to make him your life, to to trust in him, to submit to him, to rely on him. 
And the second way that we look at um, what God wants from us is to believe in him, but in that in that action way, but to love one another. And that can be hard sometimes, <laughs> but sometimes we can make that harder by being focused on ourselves a lot. Um, and I, th- I truly think that this is where I've struggled some lately is by being very focused on myself that's self-absorbed, even sometimes self-condemning, not not living up to the standards I put on myself, that attitude can block my ability to love one and love others because my focus is all on myself. It's all on, I'm not doing good enough. I need to do better. And, and I'm, you know, I'm all inward focused. Um, and, um, that can make it where it's more difficult to have my eyes open to see the needs of the people around me. Um, there's another song. Um, I like music. Music speaks to me. The Lord speaks to me through music. But another song is uh, Breathe by Johnny Diaz. And the words to that say, I'm busy, 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 and it's no surprise to see that I only have time for me, me, me. There's got to be something more to this crazy life. I'm hanging on tight to another wild day. When it starts to fall apart, in my heart I hear you say, just breathe, just breathe. Come and rest at my feet and be, just be. Chaos calls, but all you need is to take it in, fill your lungs, the peace of God that overcomes, just breathe. Let your weary spirit rest, lay down what's good and find what's best, just breathe. And I want to focus on that phrase, lay down what's good and find what's best, and look at another passage um, in Luke 10, 38 through 42. There are a lot of good things that we can do, but the, I want to talk about the value of sitting before the Lord. Um, Luke 10, verse 38. Um, now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus's feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken from her, taken away from her. So 
I think sometimes we have a tendency to bash Martha in this passage. Um, well, she was all, you know, busy doing things and Mary was doing what was right, sitting before the Lord. And that is true. But also Martha was doing what, um, you know, she when you think about this, you know, God was coming to town, right? <laughs> Jesus was coming to town. And if you've ever had like a a guest come to your house and it's important guest or something, you're going to get the place cleaned up and ready and stuff. Well, this is God. He's coming, you know. And so she we don't want to be quick to bash her, but um, focusing in on uh, on Mary, you know, Mary was very intimate with Jesus in what she chose to do in in uh, sitting before him. She sat at his feet and heard his word. So she she looked at this as an opportunity to um, sit before God, sit before Jesus and hear him teach, hear him, you know, be with him. Um, and I think it's interesting that uh, um, Martha, um, it, you know, it wasn't a bad thing that she was serving, but it, but uh, she was distracted with much serving. And I think we can get that way. I know I can get that way. I can get distracted in doing good things and overly, you know, focused on the things and not the people that I'm doing them for. Um, and uh, and then I think it's it's kind of cool that the boldness, I guess, that that Martha has to go right up to Jesus and not only just say, Lord, you do not care that my sister has left me to serve alone, but to take it the next step and say, therefore, tell her to help me. <laughs> So she takes it the next step and tells him what to do. Um, but Jesus's answer is so gracious. He doesn't scold her. He doesn't, you know, really um, make a big deal of it. When he says Martha, Martha, when he says someone's name twice, it's it's drawing them closer to him. We see this in other places in the scripture where um, Jesus says, someone's name twice it's it's not a scolding it's a drawing them in closer and he wants it's like he wants her to get this he says you are worried and troubled about many things but one thing is needed and mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken from her he's trying to teach her something but i think he's also trying to say to her i know your heart is to you know, bless me by doing these things, but I just desire to be with you. And I feel like the Lord's that way with me sometimes, you know, Kevin, you're about doing all this and this and this. I just want to be with you. You know, I just want you to stop and be with me. And I think that, I think back to what Dennis taught on Sunday about how prayer is the battle. And that time with the Lord, that time one-on-one -on -one in his word, praying with him is where the battle occurs and how important that is. And I think that um, we need to see the value of our time with the Lord sitting at his feet. It's critical. 
I mean, I think that if we if we don't do that day every day, if we don't make time to sit down with the Lord, have him speak to us through his word, through the Bible and pray that specifically, Lord, speak to me and also commune with him, tell him what is on our hearts, reveal to him what we're struggling with. If we neglect that critical part of really what is the core of our relationship with Christ, we won't be prepared when we go out into the world. But uh, Tom taught this a long time ago. It may have even not been at a message, but just he told me privately maybe, but it really resonated with me. He said, if you think of it this way, if, if you take and in one hand in the morning or each day you take the word of God and in the other hand you take prayer and spending time with the Lord in prayer, then your hands are closed. You're not going to pick up what the world brings at you throughout the day. You've already taken in God's word and you spent time with him. Whereas if you don't do that, you're like, your hands are out. Okay, world, what are you going to give me? I'm taking in this, I'm taking in that, you know, and and those aren't good things. Those aren't um, godly things. Um, so I think that like Mary, we need to be willing to sit before the Lord so that we can stand for the Lord in our life. Um, and, you know, so that we can be prepared when the battle comes, when things come our way. So what does Jesus say about the weight of the world? Uh, does he say that we need to carry this, that I need to carry this on my shoulders like the song? Um, because that's kind of how I live sometimes, that it's all on me. Um, let's go to Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. The time in which Jesus is speaking these words to the Jewish people, they have been looking for a Messiah because they they basically have um, they've been anticipating him and and they're burdened. They're um, they they have basically the weight of the world on their shoulders and. It's the the picture here um, is a picture of laboring to the point of exhaustion. They're trying to keep all the laws. They're trying to do everything just right. And then someone comes along and puts a heavier burden on them in the Pharisees saying, you know, that you have to do this and that and the other and all legalism. And so if you want to put in your in your mind this picture of, you know, you're you're at the point of exhaustion. You're, you've worked so hard, you're at the point of exhaustion. And then somebody says, here, I got this for you. <laughs> Thanks. So um, Jesus is speaking to people that are in this state. And he says, come to me, all you who are who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
One of the things I was asking myself as I was reading this was, what does it mean to take Jesus' yoke upon me and learn from him? What what does that really mean? Um, And what it means is the yoke is is the the with the oxen you know they they wore the the yoke it's it's a thing it's a thing of submission it means i'm saying jesus i submit my life to you i'm saying jesus i give you control over my life we go back to the scripture from before when christ who is your life i mean that's what we've done here guys we've 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 put it on the line. We've said, Jesus, you are in control of my life. Um, and it's been, I've heard it said um, that the first step to salvation is humility. You have to realize that you have a need. You have to realize that you need a savior. Um, I think also the first step to submitting to Christ, even as a believer, is humility Sometimes our pride makes us want to hang on to things. Um, I got this. I can do this. You know, I'm I'm fine. And or I've even heard it in a a way of um, I was talking to a patient the other day, and we were talking about trying to help with with healthy weight loss. And and I do that in a way that I I I'm not uh, judgmental about it. I'm not saying you need to lose weight. You know, I say. How can I help you lose weight? Um, so I'm doing that with this lady and, and with kind of tears in her eyes. And I just felt for her so much. She says, it's all on me. I realize it's all on me. I have to do this. And I was just like, we're here to help you. <laughs> you know, and I think we have that attitude sometimes as as, uh, as believers. It's all on me. I have to do it all. I have to do this. Um, and uh, that's not what Jesus teaches here. He says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Man, that sounds good. You'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So, and we're not quite done, but we're getting toward the end, so I realize this is a little bit short, but again, just uh, things that... uh, if God speaks to you specifically on something, come up and talk to me afterwards. Um, God doesn't want you or I to have the weight of the world on our shoulders. God doesn't want you or I to try to live up to these standards that are put on us by the world or whoever. He doesn't want us to try to live up to these own self-imposed standards where we have expectations for ourselves and we're always critical of ourselves or if we go back to the uh, first john passage for if our heart condemns us god is greater than our heart and knows all things Um, he doesn't want us to be condemning ourselves Um, he doesn't want us to live this life that we're self-absorbed and self-condemning and we're not therefore seeing the needs of others that he's putting in front of us. He really wants us to do two things. And 
We've talked about them, but I'm going to review them again. Going back to 1 John 3.23. And this is his commandment that we should, number one, believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. Number two, love one another. And that's what he wants from us. But if we look back also at Matthew 11... I want to pull one more thing out of this. And I want to just look at, again, take my yoke upon me or upon you. Take my yoke upon you. Jesus saying this to us and learn from me. It's not when you're a Christian, when you are a believer in Jesus Christ. It's not. Look, Lord, what I'm facing today. Look what I'm up against. Instead, it's, Lord, look what we have us facing today. Look what we are up against. And here's the thing, is the other side of that we is the great I am. And that makes all the difference, that we have the Lord with us. He says, you know, if God is for us, who can be against us? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So if we have taken his yoke upon us and we have um, said to him, I submit to you, I give you control over my life, then it's not us against the world it's god look what we have today coming i mean it makes it makes it kind of exciting actually because it's like god what are you going to use me for today god um i know you've got this um and i have the joy of you knowing that truth and as whatever i face today that i know you've got this and um, I just I just encourage you guys in that. Um, and as the as the worship team comes back up and and we we get ready to close in a, in a song, um, I just want you to leave with that encouragement tonight. That that um, yes, we can take Jesus's yoke upon upon us, and when we do that, we know that. He is right by our side and he is with us through everything we face. And we just want to um, continually give him our lives, continually surrender that part of our lives to him that we want to hang on to, that we want to keep control of. We just want to let go of it. We want to surrender that to him. So, um, We'll do one more song, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then after we've done one more song, if we've got everybody here, then uh, we'll finish up. Let's pray. James, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. You sure?
We don't and skill to go through. We don't need drums for the last song. <laughs> Are you sure? Are you sure? Okay. Okay, let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for just uh, just that you're with us, Lord. That you um, you desire, Lord, for us to spend time with you. That you desire um, for us to um, start our days with you and end our days with you and submit our lives to you. And I just pray for anybody who's struggling with that tonight, Lord, just that you would help them um, to, and myself included, to give to give that over to you, Lord, to to take your yoke upon us, Lord, um, because uh, as you say, you know your your burden is light, and and you uh, and we will find rest for our souls, Lord. Um, we thank you that we know that no matter what we face, you're right there with us, Lord, and that uh, you don't want us to have the weight of the world on our shoulders, Lord. You want us to um, trust in in you. You paid. You died on the cross for us, Lord. You you paid the ultimate price so that we can live this abundant life. And Lord, I pray that we would live it abundantly, Lord, and we would live it uh, believing in you, actively believing in you, and following you with our whole hearts, and then loving um, loving others, Lord, with our whole hearts as well. And we just pray for your Holy Spirit power to work in us, God. We thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.